we started this series because we wanted people to understand there is a government of the kingdom of you know deacons and elders and the fivefold which is prophets apostles evangelists pastors teachers um, we have leaders we have helps we have people who serve and, and obviously anyone who is in Christ is a servant um, so we just wanted to show you what God's word says about leadership in the kingdom how he set it up so that it can benefit not just a few but in the entire body so that we can grow that we can expand and so we talked about that a little bit and this week we're going to specifically look at elders and deacons so that you guys can like understand that does that sound good how many guys like to how many guys got something out of that last week and we're like i didn't know that just tony we got you (laughs) thanks tony rest of you it took us a long time to study this, learn this, and be like, we wanted to get it right and not just throw people into positions or put titles on people. We wanted to get it right, and it took us a lot of years yeah, to, I mean, to study, to find. show of hands, how many of you guys were in or raised in a church where the pastor was the, the main leader? A majority of people, priest, pastor, whatever. And that's, uh, that's just what American church has done for a lot of years. We've just been so accustomed to... The pastor is just the main leader, um, but we look at scripture and that's actually not true. Um, we've just kind of placed it there because it's an easy, easy uh, place. But if we really look at um, an Acts church, it wasn't led by a pastor. A pastor was the gift to the church. He was mm-hmm. the one to feed the church and shepherd the church and to guard the church. But it was the elders that were supposed to lead the church. Um, so I think a lot of times we've placed the pastor in a position of such a high um, place of leadership that they can't actually lead because they're not they called to lead. For. They're called to care for. Mm-hmm. If you look at the pastor, the, the original word that they used for pastor was shepherd. They would shepherd the flock. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. If you re- talk about Jesus, that was him being so-called pastor shepherd. Um, and, and what happens is we've placed men in positions that we call them pastor, but they're not actually pastoral. They're not actually a shepherd to people. And what happens is, is, the church tends to suffer because they're being taken care of, but they're not. The, the shepherd wants to take care of the flock. Oh, we're going to feed them, keep feeding them, keep feeding them, keep feeding them, keep feeding them, make them fat, but they never go anywhere. And what happens is the church becomes an inclusive place where everybody just comes in and we sit and eat. But we're not called to, to be fed. We're called to feed ourselves. We come in once a week and we, we are fed and you hear myself I like Sarah more than once a week so yeah that too. <laughs> a little bit. Um, we're called to be we're called to eat and feed ourselves that means we have to get into the word of God and feed ourselves the problem is is we too many people come to church and expect the pastor to feed them that once a week and then come back every week and be fed but the pastor's not called to do that he's called to, to feed but he's not called to give you everything you need yeah. to understand the and word of really God called to take care of to look for you know like when it's you know, to look for those in need. They're there for the body. They're not, um, they're not really evangelistic. They're not looking out for the lost as much. A, shep- a shepherd in the body, um, a pastor in the body is meant to take care of. They the like kingdom. to make sure everybody's safe, happy, and well-fed. Yep. And so that's, so we learned a lot about that and we're like, oh no, you know, because when we put someone in a place just because we want to give them a title, God doesn't really respect our titles. He, he calls people, he, he commissions people, he knows what he has put in each person, each, each unique gifting. So we can put a title there, and God's like, where'd you get that? 
because I didn't hand that to you. I gave you something else, or maybe he did give that to you. I mean, there are real, there are pastors. We see that in the fivefold. Um, so we're going to, we're talked about that a little bit, but today we're going to talk about elders, deacons. We, people, some people call us pastor. Most people call us Matt and Sarah, because that's our names. Um, but really we're, we talked to you guys last week, we're elders and what elders do, they govern a local body that's like this, a local body. Um, so that means we preach, we teach, we oversee what's going on, point, you, you appoint people, you build, you have authority over the local ministry in which they're called to. Um, and so I want to say what qualifies. We want to read in Timothy, First Timothy um, 3, what qualifies people to be in that spot. Because God's like, I really need you to have, you know, some qualifications to be there. Um, do you want to read it? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. So First Timothy 3, 1 through 7 says, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to, to the office of an overseer, elder, he desires a noble task. Therefore, and as an overseer, he must be above reproach, the husband of one wife. You got that. Yes, I only got one wife. I don't know how guys I do it. I got one husband. Too. Yeah, I don't We're know how. Good. I don't know how. We're winning. Two wives go. The guy with two wives deals with that. But um, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. She's not in our household anymore. Oh, submit anyway. That's your um, household yeah. now. <laughs> All right. Anyway, manage his own household and will care for the, if someone, excuse me, wow, I jumped ahead. There we go. Yeah. For if someone does not know how to manage his household, how will he care for God's church? Mm -hmm. He must not be a recent convert or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that they, excuse me, so that they may, can you quit moving it while I'm trying to read? You can do that. So that they may be not fall into disgrace, into snare of the devil. Sorry. It's hard to read when you're scrolling. Multitasking. Yeah. yeah. But like, really, that's, you know, our families have to be in order. You know, we have to be all of those things um, before you can lead others. Like, I loved how it said, your family needs to be in order. It's like, if our kids didn't know the Lord, then we would not have the authority. God God wouldn't call. He'd be like, you got some time before you, you do this. So there's a reason that he said, because if you can't take care of what God's put in your hand, you can't be stewards in your household then how are you going to steward other people? Yeah. Because it, um, I want to read in, do you guys remember, uh, where is it said we would give account? Hebrews 13, 17, I'm going to jump ahead here. It says, you know, obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable to you. Um, all of that, it doesn't, you know, the rule over submission, no, that's, that should be with joy, but because we have to give an account. If we didn't take care of you well, if we led you astray, if we did not give you the truth of God's word, if we just wanted to make it a party or, or had our own agenda, we have to be in account for that. So we need to know that we know God's word. We know God's character. We can learn that from Lincoln. We learned that this morning. So if you don't know God's character, ask him. He's got it down. Um, but those are things that we need to do. And when you look at elders, we can – elders can be in a fivefold. Um, you know, and we know fivefold is called by Christ and acknowledged by man. Uh, you know, but we're not pastors, but we have attributes of pastors. Everybody should have attributes of the fivefold, right? Um, so things like that, like we do things that pastors do, like we care about you guys. You know, we, we think about, we pray for you. We think about, you know, needs that you have. So those are attributes that a pastor has, right? 
So um, you'll have attributes of the other five folds, but it doesn't mean that you are that. But our main job is to oversee, to preach, lead by doing first. We should never ask you to do something that we wouldn't do. You know, we don't have a reserved pastor's parking spot in our own little green room where it's like, give us the best water and coffee and you guys get, you know. No, we don't do that. That's not, none of that is kingdom. Because he said the first shall be last and last shall be first. No, we like to come early. I actually asked Matt if we could park a little closer because he doesn't like And to I take, called her a heathen for it. I had a lot. I had to bring in cups, and I had to like, bring, I had so many things. I said, can we park a little closer And I today? said, get behind me, Satan. Because yeah. usually we park way out no, because kidding. he's like, we I'm need kidding. to leave spots for those who need them up close. So I'm like, can we please park closer? Not because it's cold, but because I have a giant box of cups to bring because these people love coffee. So, and, you know, so... Today we park closer, but it's not, you know, that's not what pastor is. And, you know, everyone cheering and clapping when you come up here. I'm like, no, all glory and praise should go to Jesus, shouldn't yeah. it? it does, you know, all we are is just servants, and we are thankful for what Christ did for us the same as you. We're in the body the same. Yeah, and what I think what, what happens in church is we, we tend to elevate people in leadership. We think of them more highly than as other people. They're the same as you and I. We just have more responsibility. We just have God more responsibility. Put. We're going to be staying account at the end of our life, and that really is going to suck because we do things wrong sometimes. we're not perfect, yeah. We're not perfect. For, for us. Can... Yeah, for us, we're held accountable to a whole other level, and I may, now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, crap, did I get, what did I get into? Um, but no, so I we mean, don't just want to hand out things and take things lightly and don't just yeah. want to be like, oh, do you want to be a pastor? You're a pastor. The, yeah. all those giving out titles is can be detrimental to people but we still should carry the attributes of that and yeah. but leading we should a leader leads first a manager stands up and says you do this and do this right there's a difference the world but, yeah. the world is the world doesn't have leaders only the kingdom how many of you guys work for a place and there's like all there are managers they don't know where they're going <laughs> john's like yeah, yeah preach brother get both your hands yeah. up get a foot up <laughs> It's hard to work with people who are managers because they have no foresight for anything. It's just maintain what is in front of me and do it well. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my job. But they have no vision for where they're going. You ever feel like like there's times where I'm at work and I'm like, I feel like we're just keeping the ship afloat, but we don't know where we're going. Like we don't just enough at work to do is to keep this boat from sinking or, you know, capsizing. And you're like, where are we going, though? The great thing is, is if you work at a place where like, you have leaders because they know kingdom, they know God, because that's a kingdom principle. The world can yeah. put titles on things, but the principle is leadership came from the Lord. Yeah. Leadership came from the Lord. So like some of you, uh, my daughter's like, most of the people I work with are believers, and I love the atmosphere there because there's actual leaders. It's amazing, you know? So you could, when you work somewhere or you're around or, or you manage somewhere and it's all managers, you know real quick. When you work somewhere with the leaders, you're like, these people are doing the same things. They want good for me and for the person next to me and themselves. Not just, you know, if that, something goes wrong, I'm going to blame it on these workers because I don't want to lose my job, right? No, you wouldn't. You take responsibility. There's a difference yeah. in that. So leading is doing first. So if you're like, if God has called you to lead in any aspect, you start, start now and start leading in the smallest things. Do them first. You know what I mean? Even if it's like, Okay, well, who's going to take the trash out? Well, God's like, I called you to lead, so you should try. You should do it first if you want your house to start doing it, if you want other people to start doing it. 
start in the little things because when you are faithful with little, what does he say? Faithful and much. You know, God's faithful. So I just thought that, you know, and also our job is we protect the flock, which is you guys. You know, if, you know, very rarely have we had to do that, but, you know, if someone comes in who is dangerous, who, you know, is harmful to people or things like that, like we're protecting, like if we hear you guys talking about something that's not biblical and you're like, hey, someone taught me this, we'd be, we'd address it right away and say, where is that in God's word? Because it's our job to protect and make sure that no wolves come in and, you know, deceive and, and, and spread lies of the enemy. Yeah, I think too often in, in our culture, we've allowed um, external thoughts into the church that are dangerous to the word of God. And I'm not saying you can't have thoughts and say, okay, yeah, I need to take what the Bible says is take every thought captive and say, okay, yeah, that thought wasn't, wasn't lined up with scripture. And I think we need to have those conversations and say, this is what I was thinking and say, and then we can have conversation with people and say, oh, well, that's not what the word of God says. This is how we can align with that. But what happens is I think churches have allowed so many um, religious thoughts, um, thir- you know, like these multi- belief systems into church and then we wonder why churches don't follow the bible anymore because we've allowed thoughts that we've allowed beliefs that don't follow the word of god into the church and then they just say oh well it's okay it's you know it's 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 their belief but it's not god's belief and that's our job is to to look at it and say okay yeah that's that doesn't belong in the church and there's sometimes where it's it's a person and sometimes it's a belief system sometimes mm-hmm. it's more um, of the time it's a belief yeah system. most of the time it's a most, belief system most people that come even if they're doing crazy things even if they are being wild and inappropriate in church, usually it's because they need some healing, deliverance, whatever it is. They have pain, and nobody's ever taught them how to get out of that. No. So really, very rarely are you having someone that just is make, that you have to protect from. Most of the time, you can just, you know, give, renew them with the word of God, and it restores yeah. their heart, and it restores them back to the identity that Christ made them yeah. to be. Does that mean, you know I mean? Yeah, too, truth. yeah, and, and yeah. I think if you're preaching the word of God, it will make people uncomfortable. It makes us uncomfortable when we hear scripture because we realize we're sinners and we need to change. There's things in our lives that we always need to change because we are born into sin. Yes, we are born again in Christ, but we still need to change things. There's things in our life. The flesh takes over sometimes, and we got to slap our slap it around a little bit and say, get back into line what the word of God says. And don't you think it makes us uncomfortable and excited because it's like, now I can change because I know. Well, and now once I you know, it's like, tool. oh, I can't not know this. And yeah. now I have to start so to adjust like, my life. Hope. There's a hope with that. Like, yeah. if Christ said that I could do that, then I can. I don't have to live in poverty. I don't have to live in shame. I don't have to live in that anymore because he set me free from that. I didn't know that. Now I do. So even if it's uncomfortable, like, oh, I've had this poverty mentality. And, you know, the kingdom of God doesn't hold that. So I have to let it go. He said that he will provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. Now I have a hope of what Jesus said, you know, what, what, what God put in his word. So it, it's kind of like that. Yeah. So um, Acts 15, this is um, the disciples gather together. There's this huge discussion whether um, Gentiles and um, Jews should be in the same churches and also if Gentiles should follow the same Jewish tradition of circumcision. And no, we're not going to go into circumcision today, but um, we're going we're gonna to talk about this. And so it says in Acts 15, 6, it says the apostles and the elders came together to consider this matter. So we're, we're, 
we have to look at church leadership. There's the apostles, we got the original disciples, and then the church leaders, the elders came in. That, mm -hmm. They weren't leading the local church. They were, if you look in Acts, they said we need to put in deacons so we can continue to study the word of God and preaching the word of God. So these apostles were overseers and the elders were overseers also, but the elders were the leaders of the local church. And so they gathered together to consider this matter. And so they're talking about it. They're going back and forth. Peter says something. And finally, James stands up and says, this is what God has said to me. Mm -hmm. He says his whole spiel and, the, and it says they thought and the elders and the apostles knew that it was good. Mm -hmm. They knew it was from God. That's the thing is church leadership needs to know how to get along with each other. I think so many times we have a pastor-driven church and that pastor-driven church is one man makes all the decisions, they do everything, and the church just follows along. But there's no accountability for that. We have, we have a huge issue of moral failures in the American church. It seems like every other week there's another mega church pastor or some pastor failing and falling from either an affair, you know, he was, Stealing yeah, things. it's just, it's multiple things. I was going to say something, but I probably shouldn't say it was not very church Keep appropriate, but I won't say that. Um, lots of things. Yes, lots of things. But what happens is, is we've put, taken the elders and thrown them into the, the leader, the role of serving the pastor and doing what the pastors ask. But the elders are actually called to lead the church. And take care of the pastors yeah. too. Because the pastor, if you, if you look in Ephesians 4, that's where the, the Ephesians 4 ministry is, which is the fivefold ministry. It talks about the, the fivefold ministry, that they are the gifts to the church. They are not supposed to be so-called leading the church per se. I mean, if they do lead a church, that's great. That's, but they're not there always... Are some pastor, you know. There are some elders that are called into the fivefold in a pastoral yeah. role, which we're going to get into the next two weeks. We're going to talk about the fivefold so you guys can understand, like, what are what is the job of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers? What does that mean? Yeah. So we're going to get into that more. So if you're like, I'm confused, yeah. we will definitely clear that up there because God is not the God of yeah. confusion. Because we, we've relegated certain people in the church. If you travel and, and preach, you're considered an evangelist. Jonathan, who was here a couple weeks ago, um, people don't acknowledge who he is. They always call him a, an evangelist. He's like, I'm not an evangelist. I travel definitely and speak, not. but I'm not an evangelist. Um, evangelists do altar calls every five seconds and they're, you know, they're, do, you know, going out and they're talking to everybody in Walmart and leading them to the Lord. Because if you've ever been to Walmart, I went to the dollar stores last night. I'm like, man, some people need Jesus here. Because um, I was there. I'm like, man. No, you're like, I'm not an evangelist. Where I am not one? an evangelist. I'm like, oh, people need Jesus. But Jared, I gotta, where is he? I'm like, people, people need Jesus in here, but I'm not an evangelist. So Levi. I'm going to get my Mountain Dew and go quick. So, um. But um, no, I think so many times we've put people that are not supposed to be leaders in a leadership role. Or in a, they're leaders, but not in the aspect. Like yeah. Not in the right spot, and then it doesn't work well. And the thing with us, we love being elders, is together, like one man cannot carry. God gave us, you know, at the beginning, he gave husband and wife, and he's like, you know, he gave the wife and said, this is your helper. Like, why would you, if he led a church by himself, yeah, I'm, you, I love you'd this be man, here. but it would be crazy. You guys would be very mad. None of you would be here. The follow through. He's she bring, the ideas, she brings a lot of grace to my, my really, really strong personality. And yeah, See, we took a, a ministry gift test a couple years ago and both of our intensity levels are at like 98%. Mine is 98% yeah. of intensity. Y'all yeah. yeah. know, those of you that know me are like, amen. 
Should I say amen? It's intense. Mine is high, mine is a lot as high as hers, but mine takes a really long time to get there. Mine's but like once, this. Well, yeah, hers is like that. But once mine gets there, Jesus help you. Um, <laughs> Some of you, if you, if I've ever talked to you, sometimes I will say like, "Hey, I'm not mad. I'm just really intense." So as I'm talking, if you feel that I'm yelling at you, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just really loud, all the time. It's true. <laughs> All the time. We were sitting in the uh, truck last night getting a Christmas tree, and there was music just lightly playing, and she's like, I can't hear you. We're like, we can hear you, though. <laughs> like, man, you're loud today, woman. I'm loud every day. You're loud I'm every day, yeah. I'm not going to pretend that I'm not. Um, yeah. I spent too many years being quiet. The enemy kept me And your family's really spot. loud, too. Yeah, I grew um, up. There was 11 of us in a household. you got to be loud to get any of your needs met, right? But if we look at, we look at uh, biblical eldership, they are called to lead the church. They're called to direct the church of where Christ is telling them where it needs to go. We, yes. have to be, we have to be focused on where the Holy Spirit and what Jesus is telling us, um, what the Holy Spirit is leading. Without, a Holy, without being led by the Spirit, you will just keep doing the same thing and getting mm-hmm. the same results. Yeah. And that's, I think, the definition of insanity. So um, we have to be led by the, the Holy Spirit, and, and our job as leaders is to cast vision for where this church is going to go. Yep. And pro- so our job Sorry. is to equip you guys, you know, because we have to give an account. So when we teach on Sundays, when we have conferences, deep dives, classes, you know, counseling, all of that stuff, it's our job to equip and, and give everything, know that it is sound word from the Lord, and then give it away, not just be like, oh, what do you think? You know, is cleanliness next to godliness? Is that in the Bible? Well, hopefully you know it's not, because I hope that we've been like, where is it in the Bible? No, it's not in there. You know what I mean? But how many people said that? Or God helps them to help themselves. Like, that's oh, like I didn't see that either. That's the like Bible. the 11th commandment in some churches. I'm like, it's not even in the Bible. I'm like, you guys got to learn your word so a little bit So you said something. You said, you know, it's our job to cast vision. And some of you may not even realize, but God gave Matt a word way back in 2009 that we were supposed to have a Isaiah 61 church. And that is the vision that he's had. And so, do you want to read that? You want me to read that? What do you want to read? read this All one. right. We're going to read Isaiah 61, the whole thing, because I think sometimes we don't realize what, where we're going. All right. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And this is also um, said again by Jesus in the New Testament. This yep. is Jesus proclaiming that he is an evangelist, basically saying, I am an evangelist. But this is Isaiah. He says, to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to mm-hmm. proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison for those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called the oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified they shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers shall tend and excuse me, stand and tend your flocks. Foreigners shall be your plowmen and vine dressers, but you shall be called the priests of the Lord. They shall speak as excuse me, and they shall speak of you as ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations and the glory and the glory you shall boast. Instead. Of your shame, there will be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, you shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. For the Lord loves justice. I hate robbery. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them 
their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. The offspring shall be known among the nations, and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. Got two more verses. Oh, two more verses. <laughs> All those that see, also who them shall acknowledge them, that they are the offspring of the Lord. The offspring of the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul, my soul shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and the bride adorns herself with her jewels. For the earth brings forth its sprouts and the garden, as the garden causes it, has sown to be sprouted up. So the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. Come on. So when you go through that, I even look at, so we have distinctive, God spoke then. It's like, well, how are we supposed to heal the broken heart? bring comfort of God's word you know how are we supposed to set people free bring the word you know how are we supposed to change generations bring the word you know that's I mean some of you guys probably feel like we're broken records and we're like we need to change in generational lines that didn't serve God to serving God you know because your children are the next generation of who's they're going to teach your grandchildren about kingdom, about the word of God. So all of that is about there. And it says you're going to get double portion. You know, this is about every area of your life. Isaiah 61 is amazing and all of those things. So then in that, every church, like we're talking about local churches, God gives specific things. Some local churches, they are called to lead with praise and worship. Like they are a church of worshipers. There are some churches that like God has called them that their job is to, you know, raise up missionaries, send them out. Like different churches have different parts of the body that they're supposed to do. And and so God um, gave us distinctives that are specific to our church that all follow his word. So we're going to go over those for a minute. So our distinctives are God is good all the time. He's never bad. So if you prayed for healing and somebody died, God is still good. I always say when people are like, well, why didn't they get healed? And it's like, I don't know I'm not God, but I know God's character is good. You know, and I always look back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's like when they went to that fiery furnace, they said, we believe our God will deliver us. And even if he does not, they refused to call on the name of any other God. Okay, and we know that he did, and they came out, they didn't even smell a smoke. I mean, that's pretty amazing. So we know that God is good. God is good. We know his character. We know his character because we know his word. If you're like, I don't know what God's saying to me right now in this season because, you know, like, you know, there weren't all these things. There weren't cars, and we didn't have jobs the way we do. You can know what God is saying directly for you for the season because you can know his character. His character never changes. Even though cultures change, even though, you know, technology advances, it doesn't matter. God's character never changes. And so we can know he is good when we know his word. And, um, and when we know his word and we know that God doesn't change, that, that can be an anchor. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is when we don't understand who God is, we tend to be that ship that's lost at sea because we can't anchor ourselves to anything in, of who he is. When we understand that he is good, that is the harbor we anchor ourselves in. So matter whatever storm is going on, when it doesn't look like he's good, we know he's good. When it looks like trouble is going on, we know he is good. When it looks like everything's failing around us, we know that he is good. Yeah, so if something, if you're like, well, this isn't going good in my life, well, it's either attack from the enemy, the fall of man in the world, 
or our own flesh. Sometimes we're like, the devil's after me. It's like, no, your own flesh, you have not made it submit to the Lord, and you've let it be wild and out of control, and now you're like, why is this happening to me? Because you have not made your flesh submit to the word of God. She sum, sum it up, uh, to sum up what she just said, sometimes <laughs> we do stupid. Yep. And sometimes we do stupid things, and we like, well, the devil's attacking me. No, it's because you're stupid, and you acting stupid, and you need to repent and start so be, it is you behaving yourself. Yep. Because God is good. He doesn't say, I'm going to send bad things to happen to you to teach you. No, no, no. He's like, these things happened, and I'm going to give you victory in that. So to go along with God is good, you can uh, write down 1 John 4.19. 1 John 4.19 says... And these are on the website, yeah, too. If you they're on our website, too. So to it says, 1 John 4.19, excuse me, sorry. It says, we love because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. That's because Simple. no matter what, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. While yep. we were still living the way we lived... Christ died for us because he loved us. Yep. And so the second one we have is nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. So a huge part of our life is de designed around applying faith. You know, he said in his word in, in Mark 11, 23, 24, you know, say to the mountain, be removed, and it will be cast in the sea, right? And if you do not doubt in your heart, it will be done for you. So if you look at that, we're not going to go around being like, I'm going to remove every mountain. I don't want this. Like, physically like oh look at this mountain watch what i can do you know that's pride you know but he's saying you literally could do that with a little bit of faith so what nothing is impossible means if god says it we apply faith to it we can believe that god's promises his word is true so and the next thing we go is we believe the blood of jesus paid for everything you can't get unsaved you call in the name of the lord jesus you say you know i was a sinner you know, please forgive me for my sins. I want you to be in my life because you're a way better, you know, leader than I am. And I'm going to submit to you in your word that it paid for everything. You don't lose that. Like Matt said, you might do dumb once in a while. You might make, and he's like, well, I already covered that. You know, you have forgiveness. You have repentance. All of these things. So the blood of Jesus paid of everything, and he dealt with it at the cross. And so we have to trust him. We have to trust, you know, what he says. That even if you're like, I don't know if I, you know, want to be, I don't know if I'd want just one wife. <laughs> I don't know, maybe you One's say that. Enough. I'm just saying. But it. maybe you say that, and it's like, he did that because he knew. I don't understand these dudes with like four wives. I'm like, I ain't got time for one, let alone four. You know, but you don't even, I'm just using that as a funny, but I'm saying is we have to trust God that what he said is, is true. Um, and that's when, when Jesus paid for that on the cross, he said, you know, the veil was broken, and now we have access to God the time through him so uh you want to get the next one yeah so the next one is is from hebrews 9 uh, 12 and, it, and hebrews 9 12 says um yet through the blood of goats and calves but through his own blood entered once and for all to the holy place having obtained eternal redemption and it says the blood of jesus pays for everything once and for all everything we ever need or, de or deal with will be is covered by the blood of jesus so we must place our trust in him in everything yeah when we trust in Jesus, understanding that the blood of Jesus covers our sins, no matter if we're going to commit them a month from now or the ones from the past, I think we, we spend too much time dwelling on our sin and not recognizing how powerful the blood of Jesus is to cover the sins of our past, our present, and our future. Yeah. But that's repentance good. has to come with that. Yep, that's good. For that blood to cover repentance and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved, has to come with that. Yeah. 
And so I'm going to move through these other two because you guys can look them up on the website. But we are significant. God has made us each significant. We must serve well. And then healthy relationships. We like healthy relationships. We want to have families that like to be around each other, right? We want to be around each other, not like, oh, I have to go see mom and dad. Oh, I have to do this. No, my kids are like, oh, I get to go see mom and dad. They have a better fridge. They have more of this. They have all of these things. Actually, she got a pretty good fridge. You got a really we good fridge. We did get into your fridge I did yesterday get into without food yesterday. asking. I ate it the rest of those good. beef sticks. Those were good. Thank you. What? We did leave it open while we're getting food out of no, it. No, but I did unwrap everything, leave it all over the floor, and leave every light it that it was so on. so good to turn on all the lights in their yep, house. That was nice. Mm. I told Lon, I said, you know what, when I come to your house and you get a house, I'm going to make food and I'm going to clean up after you. Yeah, <laughs> she does good at that. But no, like we want healthy relationships. We want our kids to want to be around. We like to go over to their house. It's beautiful. Layla decorated. So pretty. I'm like, I trained her right for Christmas. For Christmas. We're a Christmas family. If you don't like it, I don't care. Um, I are. don't care. I will convert you. Yeah, I like Christmas. <laughs> But she loved Christmas. I love. Okay, that's good enough. Hey, we got you. We we moved you a little bit. Um, so healthy relationships. But we wanna we wanna move along so we can get into deacons. Three of our four deacons are in here. Jared is out teaching your kids, which is where we need him. So that goes along with we talked about deacons. Um, they assist the elders in the local church. They are very operational. They help in the functions of the church. They usually are very administrative. Jordan is very good at that. Whenever I don't know something, I'm just like, take care of it. I don't even care. Don't even, just give me the final result. Like, I don't Sarah's even want like, to talk it says to words, Jordan, figure it out. <laughs> and I voice text and it's really terrible. So he has to first figure out what I'm asking him to do. And that is so true. You all are like, I don't know what's wrong with We Sarah. need a Sarah translator when it comes you to You guys text. are good at it. You guys just. Oh, I'm never mad. If I'm mad, I'll tell you. Remember that. I'm never mad. Even if I text mad, I'm never mad in a text. I will tell you I am mad at you, and I don't like it. I definitely will. I'm not afraid to tell you that. My intensity, but you guys do that. They do. They they are they help with the function of the church. Um, you know, they take care of physical needs of the church. They care for widows and orphans, make sure people have their needs met. They support us so that we have time to prepare and, and pray and, and preach the word of God. And they do it very, very well. Um, they're basically like that support staff for us and to specific churches. And they help the church grow and expand with order. Right? Y'all don't know. If I was left to my own thing all the time, if you see how, like, I worship and how I do things at my own house, you guys would be like, where is she at now? Um, because I'm, you know, you need people that also can keep you, like, here's the focus, keep going towards that. Um, I tried to run meetings, but then I'm like, can you do all the writing and then also tell me what I'm supposed to do? And Jordan's done really good at that and even made checklists. Don't you? It's awesome. You know, I really love that because I'm like, I don't know what we talked about five minutes ago. These things are under my name. I'm going to do them. Puts my name, puts check boxes, and it so, feels so good when you mark that check box. It's like, did you invite them over yet? Jordan puts things like that in the check box. <laughs> See? Persistent widow there. That's been a while. Y'all sad that a check box makes you that happy. I'm just saying. <laughs> It does oh, make me happy. Okay. You act like you don't know me. You've been married to me I forever. Know, I'm just, just, I make lists of things I've already done just so yeah. I can cross them off. Does anyone else do that? Yeah, yeah. It feels good, and you're like, I already did these ten things. I'm way ahead. 
and I just throw- I still put them on there. I, you guys, my list for the morning is so simple. Get out of bed. <laughs> Make bed. Brush teeth. Like, I put all those things extra in there. Drink water. You know, then I feel real good. In my water, I have six after that, so every time I drink a cup of water, I get to mark another one off. Okay, that's a little weird. <laughs> Let's move along. <laughs> so you guys help us. That's what they do. Um, 1 Timothy 3, then after it talked about in 1 Timothy 3 about elders, then it talks about deacons starting in verse 8. It says, in the same way, deacons, you know, are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. So I'm going to... Um, jump down is we specifically at Revive, we have those things and we ask God, what qualifications do we need to make sure that we are not just putting people in that place? We want to make sure that people are taken care of very well. We don't, we've seen people not be taken care of and people just use their positions and it's like, we want to make sure that these people know that their life becomes you guys. Their household is first and then you guys are second. Not their extended family, not their jobs, anything. They that's they have to realize that you guys are that important to that. And so we had some qualifications, and it really is. I mean, um, do you want to do them? You want me to do some? You can do them. All right, I'll do them. All right, I'm a little more excited. This is. Um, I'm excited. Biblical understanding. They need to have biblical understanding and be teachable. That means they need to know. They, they already knew, y'all already knew Isaiah 61, right? Because we've talked about it all the time. You already knew that was the vision for our church and the foundation. They need to know the five foundations or the five distinctives. They need to know what we believe because if someone comes up and asks them, they need to know what is, go, what is for this body, this church. That's how they take care of us. You know, they need to be proficient in our belief statements. Like, do we believe in healing? Yes. Do we believe, you know, in baptism of the Holy Spirit? You know, do we believe that, you know, that there is a trinity. Yeah, good. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, wait a minute. Say hello. <laughs> you know, ask a no question. Do you believe you can have five wives? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, see, it keeps going. Keep be of one wife. Yeah. So, um, so that's the first thing. They need to understand. They need to have biblical understanding. And they need to be teachable. They they can't fight. Be like, well, I don't like that the word says that. No, no, no. You listen to God's word, and you're teachable. Um, they need to have a time commitment, something you guys don't know that I want to share with you guys because you guys don't realize how much of their life they give for you, is they have to attend 50 weeks before they can come a deacon, 50 weeks in a row, unless they are sick. 50 weeks, that's a year. Like, the only time they get off is the, they get one, one week holiday and one week that we all take off, the benefits package and really obviously sucks if you're here. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, really. Actually, the benefit pa- package is amazing because their streets are paved in gold because their kingdom is heaven. We have really poor vacation time, though. Um, vacation time, they get to be around us. You'll have eternal vacation, vacation time, time eventually, so it'll be but okay. But their time commitment, they also have to commit to all the classes and all of, all of the events and things like that because they have to serve. Putting up they with have us. to take care of. They have to do those things. So it's actually a big commitment. It's not like, oh, I'm a deacon. We, I remember this church, and I knew some people from it, and they're like, every time someone was thinking about leaving the church, they'd be like, let's give them the deacon title so they feel important. I'm like, so they were going to leave all these people without saying anything because they got mad or offended, but you're going to now put them over these people that they're supposed to love and care about and take care of? 
Like, that's terrifying to me. Handed out like Halloween candy, man. That's yeah, good. and so we don't do, like, we understand that they, they're part of their call, and we, you know, we ask them to pray about it and see what God says. It's not like we're like, you guys want to be deacons? They're like, yes, we're going to just throw our authority everywhere. No, they're not doing that. Um, also, family. Their children, their spouses need to be in order. Be running amok, you're going to get talked to. Because and when you they're know not, what? they'll hear from us. And you know what? We've all been there because we all have to grow. Yeah. But what I'm saying is you can't expect someone, if your children are all out of order and then you're trying to teach someone else's children, no. Um, their household has to carry peace. You can't go in there and be like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy and terrible and chaotic. They have, there's some things, that, and they all do that well. So these are things. They've all made it. They're here. They've done it. Our deacons have. They have to serve anywhere there's a need, even if it's not conditioned to their calling. So it's like, oh, we have to have someone in children's church. That's you. Oh, we have to have someone every week on sound, even if people don't show up. That's you. Uh, <laughs> fill in anywhere necessary to meet the needs of the church community. Um, at events, outreach, anywhere. And they, you guys all do that well. Yep. And you guys need to definitely be thankful for them. They do that all very well. And, and the fifth thing that we have before we even consider people as deacons is tithing and finances. You have to be a regular tither. We don't steal from God, right? And then our household has to be in good order. I'm not saying you have to be rich and have to have all this. I'm saying it needs to be in good order and, and be good stewards of what you have. If you have little, be a good steward with little. If you have a lot, be a good steward with a lot, right? You don't be like, I can't afford groceries, but I'm going to go, you know, buy video games or I'm going to go, like, buy a bunch of junk food instead of, like, food for my family to have, you know, nourishment. Like, you're not going to do that, right? I got to return those Swiss cake rolls in my car. <laughs> I did open the glove box. He's like, what in the world do you have here? I have, like, snacks. I have snacks for me, snacks for the dog. I have gum. I mean, my glove box is pretty awesome. But <laughs> now I told you all. I've got to eat all this stuff. Um, got to be prepared. If you're, a good, if you're a good steward as husbands, women, we, God calls us the weaker vessel, not because we are physically weaker, but it's their job to take care of us because we have more wisdom. If you, let, if you let us not be taken care of, things are going to happen, right? You want wisdom, we got to be fed. So fill your... Yeah, fill keep your, your glove box with, like, some chocolate or something. And when and it's, they it, get to hungry. It gets crazy, just kind of throw one over we to the We learned that because we have three yeah. women in our family. Yeah. I just slide chocolate across the floor and go into the room. He's getting much better. <laughs> Mom's like, been telling him... Mom's in a it's like, you know, it's like Mom's that prison cell. You just day. slide it under the door and just run. And it's you've just, been doing it's that. It's quick. So. You've been doing really good with I'm that. I'm 40 years old, and I'm faster than I was when I was 20, man. It's just <laughs> Get better. But that's the household in order. So those are distinctives um, specifically for us to even consider. So if someone's like, I want to be a deacon, I feel like God's calling me to be a deacon, there you go. If, if you're doing those things, then God's going to highlight you, and we're going to be like, hey, we see that you're doing this. But if you're like, I like to sleep in, you know, even when they are not on the, the schedule to serve, they're still here at 8.15, yep. even though we don't have to be here till 8.30. I don't think anyone's ever here. I mean, we, you guys are still, we've given you, you guys have four children. And I said, don't even come in the morning. They're like, why would we not do that? We're going to come. Yeah. That, but I'm saying is like, I'm like, you guys don't even come. You got four kids. You can help after do that stuff. And they're like, no, that's not what we do. We show up. We take care of the people. We I'd make a make horrible sure deacon because I like to sleep in. I'm just saying. You're here every morning that we're here. I know. I'd still be a horrible deacon because yeah. I like to sleep in. But. But so those are the things that those are elders and deacons. So I want to quick before we close, is there anybody that has a question about those two positions or even like a comment that they need 
the body to here? Or did we cover it pretty good? Does that give you? I know we're kind of like in this, like, it's fun when we're teaching about exciting things, but I think we need to know this because we also need to know, like, if you guys have an issue, you can also go to them and be like, you got to help me out. I have a need. You know, we even talked about for the activate. If, if you're like, I want to do this, but I don't have the income right now, first you go to John if you're quick. <laughs> but we said if it really is, like, we want you to get equipped more than we need that income, and there is benevolence, there is scholarship for that. So you can go talk to them and say, hey, like, this is where I am. I, I just don't have it right now, but I really feel God's calling me to do that. They're going to help you out. They're going to make sure it, that need gets taken care of. So, yeah, so, yes. Yeah, there it is. Our, our, our nature that we're born into is very selfish, and it is only through, like we talked about, the blood of Jesus covers everything. We only become with that servant heart when we get the Holy Spirit who has the servant's heart. You know, babies are selfish. They do not care if you are tired. They do not care if you've had a bad day. They're going to cry, and they want their needs met. They do not care. Children, I mean, even... I mean, as they grow, they're like, you're supposed to take care of us. Whenever I tell Lana, well, I did this for you, she's like, yeah, you're a mom. That's what you're supposed to do. I'm like, I could just give you bread and water. I don't have to buy you five Christmas trees so you can put them in every room. I don't have to do that. But, but I think that's exactly it, like that we are born selfish. And sometimes when our flesh gets out of control, we want to go back to that selfish name that nature and be like take care of me first if I don't take care of my needs who is that's a thought from the enemy because you know what when we take care of other people's needs God always sends someone to take care of ours I've never seen it not happen anyone that says it that it didn't they probably were trying to get their own needs met first but you see when we take care of others and we serve God sends people in the body to take care of us and we've heard I mean, these last couple of months, we have heard testimony upon testimony of God's blessing and favor being poured out. And we continually hear that because he is a good God, you know, and he, he creates in us a servant heart. So, all right. So if there's nothing else about that, let's pray. And next week we're going to talk about the fivefold. You guys just have so many questions. Jeez. Well, I hope we're doing a good job in equipping them. Are you guys getting something out of this? Good. <laughs> Demoted. Really, this guy in the front row. I know, yeah. and I just got demoted, and I took one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> took one no, and he's gone, man. You're out. Jade, you can Joking. stay, but no. <laughs> oh. Sean. <laughs> All right, let's pray, and then pray. We'll, we'll let you guys go.